Hello and welcome to our podcast, On Your Marks. My name is Peter and I am the leader of St Mark's Church in Jersey, a growing, friendly Anglican church in the centre of St Helier. We want to take the Bible apart and see what's really in there, going beyond the face value to dig a little deeper into certain topics. We will bring you fresh content every week and hope you get a lot out of listening. So, if you're ready, let's go. Well, hello everyone listening. Welcome um, to the podcast. Um, and um, I'm sitting here with my friend and mentor, Ray. We're in your sitting room today, not your study. And gosh, it's been it's been a few weeks since I've, mm. since I've seen you. Yes, haven't we? Yeah, so um, I've been away for a couple of weeks on holiday. That was lovely. And, and then unfortunately last week I had COVID, so we, we had to... Cancel the podcast, didn't we? Pull the plug, yes. Pull the plug. Joke. Thank you for your, um, you know, your flexibility and, and everything. <laughs> um, so it's lovely to to meet together and actually, um, for whenever I don't know whenever you guys are listening to it, but we are now at the start of Holy Week, which um, in the um, church calendar is when we remember um, the last days of Jesus and um, before he was, um, you know crucified on the cross and so um, what we're going to do today is we're going to do a little bit like a raised take but um, I'm going to we're going to read a passage of scripture um, and then we're going to talk about well, we're going to start talking about um, communion where it's come from and um, the purpose of it and and all that kind of stuff so that's probably the plan Ray isn't it yep that sounds good good plan fabulous so guys for all you all you listening we're, we're in Luke um, which is at the start of the, the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, starting at verse 14. Luke 22, starting at verse 14. Uh, we're reading from the ESV, but you know, it doesn't matter what you guys are reading from. So I'll read the scripture, and, uh, and then we'll kick off the discussion. Uh, this, this sort of paragraph here is um, titled, The Institution of the Lord's Supper. And when the hour came, he reclined at table, and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves, for I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes, as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, one another, which of them it could be who was going to do this. Right. Mm. So, I don't know if this is a tangent to start with, but they're, at the moment, they're eating Passover, they're, they're celebrating Passover. Yes, well, that's important, very important. I mean, I, I'm, as, you, as you know only too well, Contextualization is 
Very important. We haven't said our saying in ages. <laughs> a text without a context is a pretext. <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that the institution of the Lord's Supper, which is so special, is embedded in its roots in the Old Testament, Passover, and all the elements of it. And to me, it gives the, the full overview of Scripture and the backing of Scripture to this whole event. So Passover was a celebration of the Jews remembering God, freeing them out of slavery in Egypt, Moses, parting of the Red Sea, Correct. all of that. Correct. And so it was established 1,500 years before, maybe? Something like that. And they remembered it every year, so it's an annual festival celebration. And is still remembered today by yeah. Jewish friends. Yes. Um, and um, not, not a few Christians. I mean, we would most years have a Passover. Yes, well, we, we're having a... When you say that, we're, so we're having a Monday Thursday service. That's different than a Passover. Well, it, it, you may have a... Communion service, I don't know what, what you plan. Yeah. Um, but um, in the past, we have enjoyed a full, full-blown Passover. Wow. And, and put the elements of communion in the po- at the points where they were used in this account here. I want to do that. <laughs> it's too late this year. Too too late this year. Wow! I want to do that. next year. <laughs> and, and I mean, we had um, in, when when we lived in Suffolk, um, we had people who knew what they were doing. It was helpful. And, <laughs> um, knew how to uh, retain. Oh, we had a lovely lady. Lovely lady. She's still alive. She's a great, very dear dear friend, um, who. Um, had spent her life with the guides and knew how to keep things warm or to heat things up in buckets of straw. And it it retains its heat. Gosh. And um, so she was very much involved. What were you you keeping warm? The food. Oh, right. Why Why in buckets of straw? Well, the the, the straw was the context in which she kept the food warm and that would have been the context no no that was just an incidental oh just an incident okay <laughs> uh, it, it helps helps me to visualize to remember. Uh, yeah and i visualize it well and on that occasion we had the general secretary of the church church's ministry to jewish people with us wow. and um yes derek Ryder and his wife um oh, I imagine long gone memory now. That must be amazing to celebrate a full party. Yeah, so you did all the details um, where you, you hid the mat so that from the child, the youngest child, has to go and find it. Things, small things that you find were elements um, that had meaning when you unpacked them. Um, and so in that context, we. We we did the breaking of the bread and the pouring out of the wine at the appropriate point, mm. and and I th- I think this is no small element in my lifetime's 
valuing of the Lord's Supper. Um, to me, uh, as a clergyman, to, to celebrate the Lord's Supper is so significant, important, and a high point in my ministry and life mm. um, that some sort of are a bit suspect of me as an evangelical. <laughs> Uh, the truth truth is I value it yeah. so very highly uh, and that's because of the that context I think that is so important just for anyone listening who might not understand should we talk for a moment about yeah. why why was it so important or now looking back why was it so important that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper at Passover because it had meaning for those who had were his people, the people of the Jews understood it, knew what it was about, and so it was into a familiar context that he introduced a new Passover, if you like, mm. um, and he needed that context. I love that. So the the Lord's Supper communion, we could almost think of it like a new Passover. Correct. Uh, as being passed over because of the blood of Jesus. Correct. Yeah, that's really helpful. And um, it, 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 it was no accident that things happen in the way they did. Mm. And if we lose that context, then we, we lose our understanding. To some extent, yeah. Even the structure of the service itself, it um, is important. And of course, the Jews at Passover would have had an unblemished lamb, yeah. You know, and that yeah. would have been killed and eaten. And this, you know, Jesus being described as the Lamb of God, you know, yeah, all, all of these parallels. Okay, so what we're saying at the, at the start is that the Lord's Supper replaces. Passover for us for us indeed it um, it doesn't need to replace Passover I mean I, I've had the privilege of joining with Jewish families at Passover wow amazing. and um, an enormous privilege and mm. to be welcomed into that context yeah um, so, no, no, we don't abandon, we fulfil. Yeah. And so you fulfil the meanings, the understanding of the events of the past. Yeah. And refresh. In a way, I'm thinking of Messianic Jews. Yeah. They, I'm sure that they would obviously still celebrate Passover. And oh, yeah. so almost they've got the best of both worlds. They, they've got the... Absolutely. Messianic Jews. The, the, so for, again, Messianic Jews are people who are culturally Jewish but who believe in Jesus as the Messiah. So um, in, in a way, um, followers of Jesus, they were all Messianic Jews in a way, weren't they? They were. <laughs> yeah. And now many are, are completed Jews, as we would call them. Oh, right. I've never heard that terminology. Yeah. Completed Jews. Yeah. I wonder if they like that title. Oh, I think so. They do. But it's it's so important to have that understanding, I think. Yeah. 
Should we talk about the difference between the bread and the wine? What do they sig- signify? It's kind of alluded to in here, but I think well, obviously we're reading from um, a translation which isn't necessarily the easiest to digest, but it is the closest to the, yeah. the Greek. So the body, which we remember in the bread, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So the bread represents the given body, the given body of Christ. And so when we when we partake in communion and take bread, we're remembering that God gave himself up in physical form and died at the cross. His body was broken, yeah. and so remembering his sacrifice. Yeah. So he's I my my understanding would be that first of all, he's reckoning that this acknowledges the significance of visual acts. Yeah. Um, of re-enacting um, so the bread is broken I was in the habit in my earlier years of using a whole loaf anyway mm. and holding the loaf up and breaking it in front of the people um, so that here is a dramatic illustration and reminiscence of the broken body of Jesus. And then, when it comes to the wine, his blood poured out, so that you pour out from a bottle or flagon or whatever. As you're talking. As you're talking. Um, So that that is the sort of illustration that is envisaged here, I think. Yeah. And it's dramatic, and and it's helpful. I have a, a funny story. I've started making a loaf of sourdough bread, which we use for communion. However, the way I make it in a cast iron pot means the bottom crust is often a little bit thicker than the top crust. And uh, we have some someone ordained. We have someone to come and celebrate communion for us. And they're they're uh, a lady of a, a more slight nature than me. And she couldn't rip the bread oh, when she was trying to do my body, the body broken. She couldn't get through the bottom crust. And she was there for a good like 10, 15 seconds ripping this thing. So then last month when we celebrated communion, I, t- I took a knife to the bottom crust and just scored it so she could then break it during communion. Yeah. That was quite funny. Uh, but I, I like the imagery of having a loaf yeah. and of sharing that loaf. The point is, it, it's... It, emphasizing the importance of action yes that you are doing something with the bread you are Mm. doing something with the wine the bread you are breaking and the emphasis is not just on a loaf of bread it is the breaking of the bread Mm. it's not just on a flagon or glass of wine it's the outpoured wine and it is it's the action that is as important as the raw material. Mm. So if the bread then is representing um, the body of Jesus, broken, the wine is representing his blood, which represents what? His blood poured out. His blood poured out. But it says here then, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant Correct. in my blood. So... The blood represents the covenant or the promise. It, it, we're in a time of transition from old to new, from 
Old Covenant to New Covenant, Old Testament to New Testament, and the symbols will change. Mm. And just as the symbols of the Old Covenant in the Old Testament are there, um, so in the New Testament these symbols are highly significant. Well, Ray, this might be a, a, another tangent, but we're not adverse to uh, tangents. We're not adverse to tangents. Some denominations might only have communion in full a couple of times a year. Others might have it every day or weekly or whatever. Yes. Scottish Presbyterians, for instance, would take that approach. Um, which, which approach is that, sorry? Scottish. Is to have communion a couple of times a year. Yes. Because it's so significant. Right. It's not because it matters less, it's because it matters more. The, they, they would see it as a danger that if you have communion almost every time you meet, yeah. you lessen its significant. I, so I have some sympathy with that view. Me too, and actually, but Jesus is saying, do this as often as you drink it, exactly. as often as you do it, in remembrance. Almost suggesting, because bread and wine would have been staple Food. So whenever you eat and drink, Jesus is your staple. Jesus is your staple. Yeah, yeah the things that nourish. But in the in, I was thinking. Um, oh, I'm trying to find it now. I'm in Corinthians. Um, yeah, eleven. Uh, I mean, yes, yes, I'm Corinthians eleven seventeen. I'm thinking when there was a, a, people were abusing the Lord's Supper. Correct. So they were coming, they were drinking wine, they were going yeah. for it. Um, partying. They were partying. But that... That was not the idea. <laughs> no, but the idea would have been possibly bread and wine at a table sitting and... But people wouldn't have had a sip. They would have had a whole cup to themselves maybe. But here there were people who were going crazy and drinking cups and cups and cups and oh, yes. going really lavish. But almost as if they were doing it often. Um, like really often. So what about maybe people who think communion should be every day. I mean, I know the, the Catholic tradition, and even the Anglo-Catholic, have a strong focus on mass and the, the, the necessity to, to do that. Um, so, But I think the motivation is, is similar at both ends, quite interestingly. That's true, actually. Yeah. Because one, both see that the sacrament is singularly important. Yeah. For the Presbyterian so important that we don't get over familiar with it and time it as they do mm. um, it's, um, and, and that's so important but yeah others can get the wrong idea altogether yeah I'll tell a story um i was um for about two years in suffolk um as a sideline side almost chaplain to a psychiatric hospital wow um it was great loved it lovely people staff were funny but the patients were delightful (laughs) and i was used to go i used to fit in the communion service for them on a saturday and right for the first occasion i remember and met a few people as we arrived and went to the sort of, I think it was a, not a proper chapel, but used as a chapel anyway, Um, and chatted to a few folk. 
and there were two or three gentlemen in white coats. And I thought, oh, these are staff come to keep an eye. And lo and behold, yes, they joined in and um, the service continued round to the distribution of the elements. And um, these three people in white coats came forward. Um, and I went along the row with the bread. And then I went along, along the row with the with the cup. And generally, in that context, I would hang on like grim death. To the cup? To the cup. Um, but I came to these chaps, I thought, well, you know, staff. So I gave the first one the cup. He took it, put it to his lips, smiled profusely, and down the lot. Down the no. <laughs> Do you know, as you were talking, I thought to myself, I think I can see where this story's going. Oh my goodness! Why? Because they were they were treated um, like trustees in a hospital in in a prison. How they were given special privileges if they behaved, um, and in the hospital, some of the patients were given the special privilege of having a white coat. Oh no! But nobody told me. Oh no! <laughs> so, what, ah. did you, what did you do? Oh, I just had to carry on and go and get some more. Go get some more. You <laughs> <laughs> uh. learn in these circumstances to think fairly quick. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, quite something. Hilarious. Well, the gentleman who used to welcome you to the main door at the hospital with um, a loud burst of... Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, <laughs> dust to dust. <laughs> and um, and you repeat just, it. And, and keep you just it, smile. Oh, oh, yes. No, no, they're, they're people. They're lovely people. Yeah. Okay. But they're just seeing someone come in with a, with a dog collar and thinking, ah, here, well, yeah. here we go. Anyway, it's oh. a long way from what we were doing. Yeah. So what do you kind of want to leave then? People thinking, when they're thinking about... This week, Monday, Thursday. I, I would think that, for, for me, I'm going to be struggling whether I'll be able to get to church on Thursday. I don't know. Um, and if I don't, it will be a big hole in my life. Um, but I have to cope with that. Um, but if I do get there, it becomes then the foundation point for my valuing of what follows, Good Friday and so on. And um, I think our attitude to the whole of the passion of Christ is to some extent moulded by our openness to receive from him and to learn of him on Maundy Thursday. Mm. If we can go the, the way of the supper will be ready for the way of the cross. And if we can go honestly to the way of the cross, we can be prepared for the resurrection. That is, a, that is such a great summary there. And if we go the way of the supper, then we can be ready for the way of the cross. And if we can go the way of the cross, we can be ready for the resurrection. Yeah. Ray, thank you so much for your time today. Not at all. See you soon.
We do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends on social media. And please do get in touch with any suggestions or comments you may have. Thanks for listening and see you next time.